Welcome everyone to You Can't Handle the Genre. I'm Indigo McLeod. And I'm John Ortegon. And every month we pick a film genre to break down, and every week we pick a movie to explore under that genre umbrella. And this is the second week of our month of crime. And today we are talking about the 1996, 1990, 1996 film Fargo, uh, directed by Joel Cohen and actually Ethan Cohen as well. But we'll get into why he, Ethan uh, Cohen did not get the credit, um, wasn't able to. Um, written by the Cohen brothers, uh, shot by the glorious Roger Deakins. Maybe our first Deakins of the this show. This is this is the first Deakins. Yeah, best cinematographer alive, maybe. Hey, I'm going to say guaranteed. Yeah, love him. Uh, this film stars Francis McDormand, William H. Macy, Steve Buscemi, Peter Stormare, Stormare and a whole bunch of a, just amazing uh, supporting actors just round out this hilarious uh, dark cast. Yes. Um, so with that, John, when... Did you first come to Fargo? Oh, man. Like most movies, um, I'm pretty sure I saw it a long time ago. But 2014, I remember, because one day I was just like, everybody had told me to watch it. And I was like, I think I've already seen it, but here I go again. And here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known. In 2014, Fargo fucking... I am... For a second, I thought I hadn't seen it because I was like, how could I forget something so good? Because it's just it's hilarious all the way through and the blend of the comedy and the dark, just dark subject matter is just great. Yeah, I I also I think I remember if I saw the whole thing as a kid, like I know my mom was or it was just like one of those movies that was on cable a lot. And I think. My, I don't, because I know my mom doesn't like this movie because she doesn't like the uh, accents. Like she just can't like it's, handle. It's the best part. It's the best part. Yeah, which I was like, <laughs> but that's the greatest part of the movie. The accents are so good. But yeah, so it definitely wasn't like I know it wasn't her um, watching it. And I just happened to see it. But I think I didn't love this movie for a while. I mean, I don't think I actually watched it for a long time after I probably saw parts of bits of it multiple times as a kid and i think it was in my teens because i'm a big coen brothers fan and i remember you know because a lot of people do love this movie it's one of their favorites if not their favorite um at least like maybe the top like five maybe three and i think it was about probably what like seven eight years ago i watched it again for the first time in a while and i was like yeah it's pretty good um but i still didn't love it and then I think I watched like a video talking about it on YouTube, like a video essay, and it made me want to reevaluate it. So I think last year, actually, I saw it again for the first time since um, like six or seven years ago. And yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. And then this time even more, especially when I was trying to analyze it. I mean, I think. Like you said, like I think just the tone. I mean, this really is just like a black comedy, but also it's a crime thriller, but in just the Cohen brothers' way. You know, they have their mm-hmm. weird sensibilities and their weird spin on this. And I feel like you could put this if we do comedy. Also, you could. I feel like you could put this, but I definitely think it's the comedic comes out of the dramatic 
circumstances of the film. And yeah, this, I think, uh, (laughs) just like when you go over everything, uh, there's definitely a turning point where it goes from, Oh, this is kind of funny with a little crime element to like, Oh, this is, this is actually kind of oh yeah serious. No, it gets wild. It gets wild pretty like on a dime. But uh, that's what I love about it, honestly. And now that I think about it, like so, if I if the first time that I really saw it was 2014, I don't think when I was watching these random Coen Brothers movies like Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and then I saw No Country for Old Men in theater. I think back then I just didn't like really know much about the, the coen brothers at all because like i probably didn't even know that oh brother Thou was the same people who did who did no country and then at the time when everybody was telling me to watch fargo i didn't even know he did fargo so now looking at it all in hindsight i'm like almost mad at myself that i didn't come to all these movies sooner <laughs> yeah i i oh it's funny you say that because I did know these were all their movies. I didn't actually come to O Brother until I think it was on a plane. I downloaded it on my from Netflix on my iPhone and I watched it and I was like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. Um, like a few years ago. But yeah, I, I've been a huge fan for a long time. Uh, Burn After Reading, uh, for those who've seen it, has maybe the funniest death of all time. Mm-hmm. Won't spoil it, but if you've seen the movie, it is just... <laughs> even if you don't like the movie, I think you can't not appreciate that death. It is <laughs> just the funniest that's, moment that's great. Uh, I think I've ever seen in a film. And... Yeah, uh, they've been working together for such a long time. And I remember, because I, I kind of knew, but I wasn't sure until I, I researched it, why um, uh, this movie, because now the Coen brothers own their films, they're credited as, you know, Joel and Ethan Coen directing uh-huh. and writing, just like, you know, a lot like the Russo brothers or uh, the Wachowskis. Like, they've they've been like together as a team and i looked up like why um they weren't before and so since uh the lady killers in 2004 that is when um joel and ethan uh cohen were both credited for directing because usually the uh dga the directors guild of america will only put one director's name there and usually you can have multiple writers but director usually they kind of want like a solo person which and that goes back to like 1978 when they had like a concern of the use of more than one director too many cooks in the kitchen maybe Uh like a producer would like maybe lead to being a director or like an actor say like well i helped a lot on set i feel like i should get a director credit so i think it did come with a place of trying to protect the directors and having them have a vision. And yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like you're the director, you're the leader of the ship. It makes more sense most of the time to have one person who Uh has to make all these decisions. And now if you want to be, have like a co-director, usually you have to go through the um, uh, WDC with the Western directors council you got to, like, request a waiver, and they don't approve a lot for co-directing credit. But if you can prove that you've, like, done stuff before and it worked and you were a team and it seems like you're staying together, and a lot of times if you're siblings, like they are, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So they eventually did uh, get the chance to um, uh, do that. And now the rule's defunct. 
the whole like yeah. co-directing thing. So it doesn't really matter as much now. But yes, yeah, but they always have directed and written, and they also do a pseudo name for editing too. And for the first time ever. Joel actually is directing his solo movie, The Tragedy of Macbeth, with uh, his wife, Frances McDormand, and with Denzel Washington coming out, hopefully, sometime this year. That sounds wonderful. I knew nothing about that. Yeah, I've been I've been aware of this for a while. I didn't know that it was just going to be Joel, and now I'm like, oh, okay, Joel's going solo. I guess yeah. Ethan just was like, ah, I guys don't actually want to do this movie. Which was like, oh, okay. Not this one. Not this one. <laughs> We've done so many. <laughs> I want to do my own movie, maybe. I actually have no idea if that's true. <laughs> That'd be crazy if he did have his own, and then it's like, all right, which, which brother did it better? This movie is, I think, one of... Two, being No Country Old Men, I believe, that they won Oscars for, or their films had won Oscars for. Um, obviously, Frances McDormand won for Best Actress, and then the movie, um, sorry, not the movie, the screenplay, they won for Best Original Screenplay. And uh, it's it's so funny because... Gary or Gary Oldman, what the fuck? <laughs> um, <laughs> William H Macy was nominated in supporting actor, which is ironic to me because <laughs> uh, one third of the movie you don't even get the character of Marge Gunderson, who is Reggie mm. McDormand, and yet the uh, one of the first three actors you see is Jerry, which is William H Macy, and I thought that was very interesting. I mean, sometimes it is just like. It's not this is who the Academy thinks they are. It's just, hey, I think you can win better in this. Like in Fences, the literally co-lead with Denzel Washington, if not the female lead of the movie, was Viola Davis. And she was nominated supporting actress, which didn't make any sense. It was so unfair <laughs> because, of course, she's going to win. She has more screen time and more character stuff than anyone else in supporting actress. It's not even – but. Mm-hmm. It's how the cookie crumbles in this industry, but yep. yeah, uh, what do you think of Francis McDormand's performance? As Margie, I fucking love it. <laughs> I love it. And I think I think I think it's hilarious her accent too and just the overall like versatility of Francis McDormand is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I think she and um William H. Macy, I think their characters are like the, since, since they're from these areas, their characters, unlike like Steve Buscemi, obviously. So I think these two are the ones who stick out the most mm-hmm. within uh, the communities they're in because they do seem like they've assimilated and they do feel like obviously they fit in. But I think when you start spending more time with them, you realize, okay, just like this movie, there's a lot more under the surface with both of these characters because you think, oh, he's uh, um, – you think that um, uh, Jerry's just like this like nice old dad who works at a car dealership. I'm just a nice old guy, you know. <laughs> I'm a husband. I'm a dad. But – He's a fucking scumbag. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's not a good guy. Like, he's not. And <laughs> especially if there's any um, uh, mix-up about it. I mean, the movie even, like, from the beginning, oh, yeah. uh, like, shows that he's not 
good. I don't even think that it's a question as to there shouldn't even be a mix up. He hired people to kidnap his wife. That's uh, that's immediately a no go. <laughs> that's immediately bad. I could see someone arguing like, well, it's just supposed to be a kidnapping, not to get hurt. Just like, you know, just uh, maybe yeah. if he knew the people, but he just that's walks true. into a bar and yeah. starts talking to Carl. No, no, that's that's fucked up. Like right, right at the get. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like Jerry comes into the bar, and <laughs> I mean, it's great because obviously Carl uh, and Gare. Um, uh, Gare, yeah, stand out. <laughs> just Gare's like, I'm like, are you asleep or what? Well, his eyes are closed, but he has a cigarette in his mouth, and then he just eventually he slowly opens them uh, during the scene. But uh, he goes over there and he's like, "Hey, I'm uh, Jerry Lundegaard. You're Jerry Lundegaard? Yeah. Shep Proudfoot said. Shep said you'd be here at seven thirty. What gives, man? Shep said eight thirty. We've been sitting here an hour. He's peed three times already. Oh, I'm sure sorry. Shep told me 8.30. It was a mix-up, I guess. You got the car? Yeah, you bet. It's out in the lot there. Brand new burnt umber Sierra. Yeah, okay. Well, sit down then. I'm Carl Showalter. This is my associate, Gare Grimsrud. How this is how you do exposition. and Like, you know, naturally uh, revealing that he needs this because his wife or because they don't understand wait so you want us to kidnap your wife you want your own wife kidnapped yeah you my point is you pay the ransom what eighty thousand bucks i mean you give us half the ransom forty thousand you keep half it's like robbing peter to pay paul it doesn't make any sense okay see it's not me paying the ransom the thing is my wife She's wealthy. Her dad, he's real well off. Now, I'm in a bit of trouble. What kind of trouble are you in, Jerry? Well, that's, that's, I'm not gonna get into, into, see, I just need the money. Now, her dad, he's real well off. So, why don't you just ask him for the money? Or your fucking wife, you know. Or your fucking wife, Jerry. Well. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I can't, I can't. He probably won't give it to me anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I think I love right off the bat. You get the, I mean, because you know we're in, both of us live in Michigan, so we're in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and <laughs> when you have these like North Dakota, Minnesota people, Minnesota, <laughs> yeah, Minnesota, they're so polite. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> then you get the wherever the fuck these two guys are from, just completely clashing. Like everyone's super polite, and they're they're just from like New York, like the, like the stereotypical like New York. Like, look, I don't give a shit about what the fuck you're saying. Let's just cut to the bullshit. I need this thing. I want to get out of here. I want to fuck. I want to smoke. I want pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we'll get you pancakes. We'll get laid. <laughs> like everything works good, and I love how it just skips to them getting laid. So you automatically impl- it automatically implies that Gare is also happy because he got the pancakes. Yeah, <laughs> he got. I love Peter Stormare so much. <laughs> he says so little, uh, but he he his looks and he's just so weird sometimes i think he's just not even here there and then sometimes i think he's he's too aware i'm like what what do you stop stop looking at me like that stop yeah. looking at me like that <laughs> <laughs> since jerry is like this total sleaze ball i kind of guess got away from him in a little bit but yeah but and then on the other end of that marge 
um, which I think is so funny having this pregnant cop. You would think, mm-hmm. oh no, here we go. This pregnant cop's gonna get involved in these criminal things. But she's like the most intelligent, uh, equipped, prepared person in this entire mm-hmm. movie. I would like, she's got it. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's got it all, all of it. She even has an like an amazing husband. Like that husband is like the nicest guy like you'll probably ever meet in life. Norm, <laughs> Norm, yeah, Norm. So I gotta make you eggs, Margie. <laughs> you gotta have your breakfast, Margie. I love John Carroll Lynch so much. <laughs> I I didn't know who he was obviously for a long time, so I didn't know he was the husband and like so early in his career, or or at least like you know twenty over twenty years ago. Now yeah. I was like, oh shit, it's John Carroll Lynch. I love this guy. Little role in this movie, but it's it's so funny, and they're always eating or in bed. I notice like it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, Arby's. Oh, yeah, Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, like, hey, you're going up, uh, going up to fish. It's like, um, uh, for lunch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I got those plates you were looking for. <laughs> oh uh, man. Yeah, she, no, it's, it's just grand. Marge. Also, you get to see because she's obviously like a nice person, but also you start to see that she definitely has, uh. A better eye for police work. I mean, in many instances, like when she's after she sees the body, um, or just we <laughs> see her at the scene of the crime, which is yeah, so, so funny. <laughs> hey, Marge, are you okay? Oh, yeah, just gonna barf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna barf <laughs> this morning sickness. Yeah, oh, it passed, it passed. <laughs> Yeah, but like she surmises like literally entirely what happened uh, immediately the night before, yeah. which is so impressive. <laughs> She's like, "Well, there must." It was, she breaks it down so perfectly, and it was so immediately that it's like, "Damn, Margie, you're the best." I love like right at I'm like right after that scene with uh, when Margie nails it like immediately. It like it goes to um, to jerry and jerry and the dad and um george was his name was george the other guy stan 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 yes yes oh wait hold that thought i wanted to i wanted to link up this scene with the because after also though but after she uh this scene when they're in the car her and the her other officer and he says like okay i got this uh, apb out for uh this plate, um, uh, like the DLR, and then <laughs> she's like, "I think you, I, I think I gotta criticize your police work there." Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, well, I mean, I think it might be a dealer plate, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's she's got the brain, and when she's talking with Chet, oh definitely. Uh, like she's being polite, but like she re- like she knows how to you know push him and because he's like yeah I didn't get a phone call like well it was at three a.m. in the morning so I feel like you would have remembered the phone call you know now I know you've had some problems struggling with the narcotics some other entanglements currently on parole so well associating with criminals if you're the one they talk to that right there would be a violation of your parole. But end you up back in Stillwater. 
Now, I saw some rough stuff on your priors, but nothing in the nature of a homicide. I know you don't want to be an accessory to something like that. So, you think you might remember who those folks were who called you? I love, I love how Shep's straight face, like, the entire time. So, it literally, you, it just looks like you're watching him just, like, die on the inside. <laughs> like, like, as the yeah. questions happen, you're just like, he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like no, no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. He's I like, didn't these dumb fucking white people are gonna get me fucked <laughs> up. No, 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 no. I'm done with this. But but you were seen uh, with uh, the three guys. With uh, oh yes, yeah, with Jerry and Stan. I love how Stan asks him after they get out. He's like, oh, what are you gonna do about um, what are you gonna do about Scotty? And it's literally almost like Jerry completely forgot he had a son. <laughs> He was like, he was like, oh, oh yeah, Scotty, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, because I mean, he like all this this whole movie. He's only thinking about himself. I mean, I mean, which I mean, I I guess I can understand why he would because he knows his wife and son would be okay. Not like this kidnapping thing, just if something happens to him. Because uh, when after the first scene and then we get back to the, the we go to the house Jerry's house and then um Wade his father-in-law is there uh, and I got I got to say um I think her name is uh, pronounced Kristen uh Rudard 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 yeah Rudard Rudard uh who plays Jean Lundergaard she's yeah. actually from Fargo North Dakota for real <laughs> and I think I can tell because her accent I mean everyone's good mm. oh, no, that her, is that is that she no, it's, is the, it's her accent authentic <laughs> like, yeah. it is her it is her accent she like oh my god I feel like in the realm of quotes if I've ever quoted this movie like to an extent it would 100% be a quote from her just because of how strong the accent is. It's like, Han? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Dad. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, hi, Han. Oh, hi, Dad. Jerry around. Yeah. Han? Yeah, he's here. Yeah, I'll catch him for you. Han? Get him. Yeah. It's Dad. <laughs> I laugh at this movie literally solely from people speaking. Joel, yeah. like, Joel and Ethan Cohen, they didn't even have to put any like comedy in the dialogue even though they did and it worked amazing i could laugh just at people talking this way yeah and it, it's They're funny because uh, she's only in so little of the movie like she's only in this scene mm-hmm. uh the next uh scene she's in is when jerry gets the phone call from wade and then the kidnapping scene and everything else was like two three more instances she's under a bag um we only get to actually see her in the car later um with that stuff happening so yeah it's just her running around and then her in a chair and then you know dead eventually but yep. it's just so crazy how oh yeah but actually i'll we'll get to that later but i wanted to say uh but with wade when they're at the this is after the first scene uh but like Gene leaves the table, and then you know uh, Jerry's trying to tell Wade about the deal he has that he asked him to look over, and then it's like, well, I think this would work really out good good for uh, me and Scotty, Gene and Scotty. <laughs> and <laughs> Wade's like, Gene and Scotty don't have to worry. <laughs> Your father in law fucking hates you, bro. Oh, yeah. he doesn't think anything of you. <laughs> It's like we don't want you fucking this up, Jerry. <laughs> this is this is my deal. 
my deal. No, this is my deal, Jerry. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would be the same exact amount of mad at Jerry. Jerry is so fucking like he's so annoying. <laughs> he would yeah. be so annoying to be around like that. Now, as a card, uh, I knew what? you were gonna fucking bring that up. I got it. Uh, you you, you just start a job. What is your official title at your new job? A salesman. I'm a salesman. You're a car salesman. I'm a car salesman. I am Jerry Lundergaard. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, but no, Jerry, Jerry Lundergaard is the sales uh, manager, right? I believe so. Executive executive sales manager, yeah, executive yeah. sales manager. Assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> yeah no um it ain't it ain't that fucked up at all jerry lundergaard was just a sleazeball there, i can totally imagine that there are a lot of car salesmen like that out in the business but i mean i think that also depends on where you're at so even though like like because part of it uh with the whole like th- uh him uh making up fake cars and trying to think that would work and pass it off to that uh, <laughs> uh, thing for money. Did did any of this make even a little bit more sense? Because now, even though you just started, mm-hmm. but like, like, yeah. like did any of this, those parts make a little bit more sense or anything. Yeah. But obviously it's a different time. And yeah. A different like, I mean, state. when he has to, uh, when he has to like fix his true coat mistake. So he like upsold the true coat and the customer's like catching on to that when when he goes to his like manager and his like manager is like just chilling out and then he comes back with something that that's like you know brand new even though all of it's bullshit like i could totally i definitely understand that in a way but not the bullshit part like you gotta at least know what you're talking about (laughs) for it to work but it's like yeah like we could go to the manager and the manager could be like, you know, thinking the same thing that you're thinking. Nothing really changed. He didn't tell you to do anything, but you act like it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like something like that. But I mean, that's like uh, all I could probably say regarding the matter. But like Jerry's a fucking dick. <laughs> Jerry's an asshole. So I can imagine if he was a salesman, that's how the salesman would turn out. I, I, the one thing, um, that I noticed I loved about the movie that, you know, a lot of people do is just the landscape itself. I think like this stark, barren coldness, especially in that, um, I think one of the best shots in the movie after Jerry's deals rejected from, uh, well, plans rejected from Wade and Stan, uh, when he is that shot from above when he's walking to his car. Oh and you yeah. See all these cars, um, well, no, it's not all these cars. It's like I think it's one car. And you see the the light fixtures yeah. in the parking lot, the light and, poles. Yeah, and then Jerry walking. It's a beautiful shot. But mm-hmm. and a lot of the snow, I guess, was uh, not real. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty insane. Because pretty I guess unbelievable. This was like the second warmest winter in like a hundred years. So a lot of the outdoor scenes had to be moved all over to Minnesota, North Dakota, and Canada, and they had to use artificial snow, which is pretty funny because. You'd think, oh wow, I think all the snow is real, <laughs> and it's uh, it's it's yeah. not. Like, um, I mean, besides the like, besides the accent, it's such a Midwest movie. Like, you can relate to so much if you're from the if you're from the Midwest. Like that scene alone, he goes up to his car with a uh, with the wind the windshield scraper, and he's having a fucking bitch of a time. <laughs> it's like not working. He's getting so angry because he's already so frustrated that they rejected his deal. 
And I'm just like, man, dude, I have thrown, I have thrown a windshield scraper just at the ground at how mad I was <laughs> like overall about what was happening. Like, it's just such a Midwest thing. Or when Margie, when Margie, uh, when we first meet Margie, pretty much, she gets called in. And it's that one day, uh, the very first day, she goes out and tries to start her car and the camera just stays there. And it's just showing Norm eating on the left and the camera's just situated on a, the door with like a little, you know, window. And then she, you're like, why is the shot lasting so long? And then she comes back in and is like, Norm, yeah, I need a jump. That is hands down Midwest right there. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the most Midwest, con- I mean, there's so many Midwest conversations in it is uh, later when you get Mr. Uh, Moroa talking to uh, Officer Olsen about this guy that he noticed in his bar last Thursday, <laughs> the last Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just like, uh, so I was, t- uh, I was tending the bar there at Eklund and Swenlin's last Tuesday, and this little guy's drinking, and he says, So where can I, where can a guy find some action? <laughs> I'm going crazy out there at the lake. And I says, What kind of action? And he says, Woman action. What do I look like? And I says, well, I don't know. What do I look like? I don't arrange that kind of thing. And he says, but I'm going crazy out there at the lake. Well, I says, this ain't that kind of place. Uh, and he's like, uh-huh. So he says, oh, I get it. So you think I'm some, uh, some kind of crazy jerk for asking? Only he doesn't say, use the word jerk. <laughs> and then he just like this whole conversation and he uh just goes to where i thought it was like near white bear lake and then i realized well it's closer that the ecklands is close to the moose lake so i made that assumption yeah it's, it's like the number is like uh you know i saw it said to call and i called and that's the end of the story. That's the end of the story. <laughs> and now they're just like in these huge coats. <laughs> just have this conversation. Uh, or when <laughs> when Marge is talking to the uh, two call the two girls. girls. Yeah. Yeah. Who uh, were with uh, uh, Gare and um, Carl. <laughs> just like, so uh, what do you look like? He was funny looking. Well, how? (laughs) Well, he was uncircumcised. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Go Bears. (laughs) (laughs) That was, uh, I love, I think that's like one of my favorite scenes with, um, with Margie, because just the way it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you betcha. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, so you were having sex with the funny looking fella. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then um i think because uh, i i do think that i've noticed because i've lived um in several states and different segments of the country and uh different demographics and while obviously everything has its uh, ups and downs i think you i do kind of like the because i would say i'm a nice kind person the 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 politeness uh kindness of the midwest but i do sometimes think it's a little much because i mean i feel like i don't need i don't want to like do a little head nod to every fucking person when Mm -hmm. i'm riding my bike or walking on a trail or a sidewalk we all just do this like little nod of hello hello i'm like i don't 
we don't need to do this. Like, so I have headphones on. So if you say hello, I'm not even going to hear you. And then I like, pause my headphones. And sometimes I think a lot of people can be a little fake and be a little polite on the surface. Like, I know someone I've worked with uh, before. And, like, some people do like them. And I don't understand because I can see... They're like a Jerry. Like you would think, oh, Jerry is like a good guy on the surface, but I can see through the bullshit. And they're actually mm. very judgmental, and they use this polite veneer to uh, insert themselves into other people's lives and fucking destroy them from the inside. Oh, yeah, and yet people, people don't pick up on this. There's many people. Like, wait, but rewind the tape though. Like, are you telling me that I should be saying hi to everyone? Is that something that people just do? Just they you've say never hi to you've everyone? never seen the head nod before. You've I never mean, I done have, but I this I don't do all it all the time. I don't do it <laughs> like me oh, myself. But you are from Texas. Well, actually, no, when I'm did from, you move? No, I'm from here. I'm from here. I I I, I lived here. I, I lived here for ten years, and then I moved to Texas okay. for two years, and that's where oh. like all my family is. That's where a lot of my family is, and then I came back. But even then, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just not polite enough. I, I guess if, if you say... If you You're say, more the Carl of this. If you say hi oh. to me, yeah. Well, I mean, no, no. If you give me a head nod on the street, like, I'm probably going to give you a head nod back. But I don't think I'm going to initiate a head nod. And if I do, it's a, it's very few and far between. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I initiate sometimes out of standard... <laughs> stupid michigan bullshit i'm like i was like why am i I, sometimes i don't though it's really weird it it never makes sense i'm like why am i doing this i'm not doing this sometimes i just stare forward or look down at the ground so i (laughs) it's just so i don't even have to acknowledge that someone else is near me because i just don't care just look away (laughs) yeah it's like Like, i don't see you some people like you know i feel like the stereotypical midwest person is also just very very nosy which a lot of people in this movie a lot of very nosy have a lot of opinions and they do not mind uh uh saying them out loud or talking about them i feel like in like bigger cities which i kind of think i like more you know people keep things to yourself cuz you know who cares a lot of people you got a lot of things to do you can't just you don't have the time, and it's not none of my business, you know. And with a little bit more on like that uh, fake politeness, uh, I think because in this movie, I mean, I think that's why Fargo. One of the reasons it's resonates for the last twenty five years now. It's yeah. the twentieth anniversary this year, of Fargo. I think because obviously the performances and the writing and the story. But I, I think just the fact that it is all these people doing these terrible things and they're supposed to be like these nice people. But like Jerry is the catalyst for so much terrible things with his plan, with the kidnapping. He also is greedy. We don't know all about his you know financial past, but mm-hmm. it seems to me that I could get that he borrowed some more money and more money and more money. He just kept getting more and more and more and too big and too big. And maybe he was a little uh, intimidated uh, maybe by uh, his father-in-law who definitely doesn't respect him and has you know, <laughs> rich. Um, and I was like, if he, if Gene and him ever got divorced for any reason, he could, he's probably fucked. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Because you could probably put, like, sue him or whatever. Wade's but, um, a bit of an asshole, too, though, and you get that vibe. It feels like he, like, he does things that overall are, like, a bad way to handle a kidnapping, which just puts his daughter at risk. But he, like, cares about a million dollars, I guess, that much. Yeah, like, you're having a conversation yeah. about uh, money, and he's just like, well, what if I give him 500000 Stan, I'm thinking we should offer him a half a million. Okay. Now come on here. No way, Wade. No way. We're not horse trading here, Wade. Yeah. We gotta just bite the bullet on this thing. Yeah. I mean, he literally gets himself killed because I think that's you already know something bad's probably gonna happen when mm-hmm. Wade says, I'm going, that's fine, it's my show. But when uh we see that he brought a gun in the car, then you're really scared what's gonna happen. And then that's a great scene too. Who the fuck are you? I got your damn money. Now, where's my daughter? I am through fucking around. Drop that fucking briefcase. Where's my daughter? Fuck you, man. Where's Jerry? I gave simple fucking instructions. Where's my damn daughter? No, Gene, no money. Drop that fucking money. No, Gene, no money. Is this a fucking joke here? You know, he gets shot, but he gets, he shoots uh, Carl in the face. He's like, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he just unloads in this guy and starts kicking him and takes the money. And I, Mm. that moment, and that's when you really know Jerry's pieces. Like, Jerry is fucking garbage. If he wasn't garbage, Garbage. he's garbage. Mm -hmm. When you see him, like, go past, uh, Carl when he's like driving up and then he is the cool shot where you see the Wade's body and the trunk of the car in the same shot and then the trunk is just stays there for a second and then the trunk just pops open and we fade to black or we go to black and so you know he's just gonna take his body in the mm-hmm. trunk of the car and you know and probably bury it somewhere and you yeah. know B- Buscemi uh Carl could have Carl literally died for a fucking car. And yeah. this is a question for me. I was or the question I was gonna ask you. Why does Carl not have a brain? Why does Carl not <laughs> literally give him the fucking give uh uh Gare the car when he has nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars stashed away? Well, I don't I don't know if it's a brain thing. I think he's just incredibly greedy, like insanely greedy. And Gare was wasn't having it. <laughs> Gare was like, "Nah, dude, nope." Into the wood chipper you go. I'm gonna fucking <laughs> destroy you. Do you think though that would you say Carl's dumb? Yeah, one hundred percent. Do you think he's that dumb where he would make that mistake where he wouldn't think, you know what? Because I feel like I would be like, "Yeah, I'm not taking the car." Wait a second. I do have literally most of the million dollars hidden and i know exactly mm-hmm. where it is i can take the truck it doesn't matter yeah. but Here, that's greed take it's, it's great anything you want it's greed he doesn't want to lose any of that money at all and he's so guess you're caught right. up in himself he's so like such a badass in his own mind that i don't think he thinks gear gear will actually do anything but that was wrong 
Yeah, that that's just like wild to me that that happened. I just couldn't believe yeah. it. And then immediately uh, he gets killed by an axe, and that's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we kind of talked about it, but then like Gene is was uh, is the most neutral person in this entire movie, and she unceremoniously dies off screen. Yeah, and I was thinking about that because I think. In Jerry's plan, which spirals out of control because people, other people made decisions which spiraled out of control, I think it's there to show you like the fact that she died off screen. We don't actually get to see it. Um, and she, that she died in the first place when it was supposed to be just a kidnapping. That, you know, and like you were saying, though, like with all this greed in your heart, I mean, she just dies and it, does, it doesn't even matter. Like, uh, Gary doesn't even care. He's like, yeah, she was screaming. Gary's a fucking murderer. <laughs> Gary's yeah. like an extra murderer. Crazier he's, than Carl. Like, yeah, that motherfucker's insane. brutal as shit. Like, like, when we yeah. have the scene at the when they're getting pulled over. Oh, yeah. That, oh, my God. <laughs> he gives him that look. And then he's like, no, I got this. I got this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. All right. You got oh, this. And, and then it's fucking so stupid. You know what? You're right. You're right. Because literally, he tries to bribe the, he tries fucking to bribe the cop, cop with a yeah. $50 bill. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I figured we could uh, get it taken care of in Brainerd. Sir, can you put that away? Step out of the vehicle, please. Like, what? Like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, he fucking blows this dude's brains out. Yeah. And then you think it can't get any worse now that you killed this cop. Oh, my God. There's a car coming. <laughs> get him <laughs> off the road. Get the cop off the road, Buscemi. Yeah, and then these two innocent people just happen to see him. And then fucking Gare puts that car in the gear mm-hmm. and goes after them. They go off the road. And then he fucking, oh, God, such a terrifying shot. It's just his car, um, the lights, he's like bat, like by, he's backlit by his car mm-hmm. as he's going into the snow and fucking shoots the one dude. Yeah, and then lo- we see the woman. Yeah. I f- kills her too. <laughs> I fucking love that. I love that shot where you can see the lights and then they like, they turn off their lights, which is. Or they don't turn off their lights, technically, I guess. They flip off the road. And when they flip off the road, though, I'm over here just left saying, like, if you're going to try to outrun and be in a car chase, how are you going to flip your car over? You know, like, how how, how, how are you just going to flip it? Like, how does Gary drive so much better? <laughs> He's probably a king of the streets. <laughs> Probably Dominic Toretto's dad. He's just the best. He's, yeah, he's the best at literally everything. Yeah. I, I wish we would have got a little bit more backstory on Gary. Like, or on Gary. If I, if I like, I mean, I care about all of these characters. I would like back a little bit more backstory, but he has the least amount of backstory at all. And I want to know where the fuck he came from. I don't want to know anything. Is there a movie just about Gare? Like, are they going to do want, one? <laughs> I don't want any Gare. I feel like, though, I, yeah, I like 100% disagree because I think I love just the mystery of hmm. where this guy is from. What is this accent? Who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I, I like not knowing. You um, and me. I mean, we don't really know where he's from either. No. But I guess we can get more of a sense because mm. he, you know, speaks. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is hilarious how Ethan and Joel wrote the role of Carl for Steve Buscemi, the funny looking man. <laughs> so it was written for Steve Buscemi, which means they had him in mind the entire time. 
as they're writing like everything that happens to him and all the dialogue and like people fucking just shitting on him during the movie. <laughs> yeah, just like this little funny looking guy. Funny yeah, because um, uh, um, and we uh, mentioned it earlier, but uh, Mr. Mora from the bar, <laughs> uh, he even says like, yeah, he's kind of a funny looking guy. <laughs> so- he also said to, <laughs> yeah. just like those two girls. He makes it even better, though, because when when they ask another question, it's like, well, what do you mean? He was like, oh, you, no, just generally funny looking. <laughs> like, From work, once again, Ethan, if you're listening to this, um, I he, my friend on uh, from work on Letterboxd, I think he put, damn, uh, Steve Buscemi wore the fuck out of that turtleneck and I agree. He did. He looks 100%. pretty fucking good. One hundred percent. In the, these clothes, I was like, "Damn, I kind of want to. I want a fucking turtleneck." I've seen. I've been seeing a lot around in mm-hmm. recent movies. I've been seeing. I'm like, I, I need a turtleneck, dude. This movie is fashion times ten thousand. Everything in it. Every. Did you see what Jerry Lettergar is wearing? Oh my god, dude. He's and some just completely <clears throat> terrible. Just like late eighties clothes. <laughs> like when <clears throat> Marge goes to see. Mike Yamagita. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this and guy. That, that's a question I have for you. So why do you think Marge went to see him? That's another thing I was kind of going to ask you too. Because does her dressing up and looking like very nice and getting all dolled up hint towards the fact that maybe she thought it was going to be kind of a date? I mean, that's what I was going to ask you. That's exactly, because that's exactly my question. Like, I honestly don't know. I, I feel like if I had like a dog in the fight, I would probably say that, yes, she was dolled up because she thought it was going to be a date. And then the dude was too weird, <laughs> like fucking too weird that that's when maybe she switched off of the whole date thing and made it, you know, just strictly. Well, but the, would that mean though, that, she would sleep with him. Like is that the goal? I mean, I mean, well, I mean, you're getting dolled up in a date. I don't know why else you would get dolled up in for. But then for you're a also date. pregnant. And you have a loving husband. I don't yeah, know what's going what on. I'm saying I don't know. Like I have no clue. I don't know what's what's going on here. I <laughs> I don't know, Margie. What's what are you doing? <laughs> I Margie. thought uh, I thought what you had with um. With Norman, it was so good. Yeah, <laughs> Norman, Margie across the world, but then Mike Yanagita Yama, uh, came in and just uh, messed it all up. Yeah, I thought maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I maybe it's maybe it's one of those things where because I think later he says like I liked you is like I liked you too. So old crush. Mm-hmm. That you maybe forgot about because you know obviously there it's been a quite a while since they've been in high school and then maybe you know I I don't know uh, maybe I could look nice to, or maybe it could be one of those let me show how it, almost like a, like if you it was like a high school reunion mm-hmm. it's like, like, trying like to let stunt, me trying to yeah, stunt yeah. on people <laughs> but which is but even though this is kind of stranger because you know she the whole reason this is even happening is because he called her because he saw her on TV she's yeah. a cop so obviously she has a career and she's pregnant and she has a husband so obviously she's successful but maybe and she is you know uh 
like we said, um, she is maybe more intelligent and aware than other people around her. Mm-hmm. So maybe small part of her has that. I would maybe like something different sometimes. And maybe that's just like, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to leave norm. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's just like, it wasn't supposed to lead to sex. It was just supposed to be, Hey, let's pretend something. Uh, I mean, I'm pregnant. Maybe. I'm about to have a kid and why not? What's the hurt? And then <laughs> Mike does that. Oh, God. I mean, it's, from the start when he, he hugs her just a little bit too tight. Oh yeah. Too long. It's like, what's going on? What's going oh, on? Yeah. He's, he's buttoning her oven uh, and a ring on that finger. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's going okay. It's going okay. And then he just, see, this is the issue. Does and, she leave I mean, the ring on? Does she have her I, ring on? I'm pretty sure. Because that would I answer sh- our question. That would. I mean, she knows she's ma- he's married. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I assume the ring is still on. I thought mm-hmm. about that earlier, but I'm like, it has to be on. Like, I, what would be the... Is a point like they both know that she's married and mm-hmm. has a child coming, <laughs> but uh, but when <laughs> and this is this is this is a promising young woman, man. You got you got to read the room, pay attention to body language, know when is not the time because this man thinks, Oh, this is going great, let me just uh go over and sit next to you. He's like, hey, yeah. mind if I sit next to you? But he doesn't even ask. It's not the ask question. It's the ask question when you're actually doing the action. So it's not a question. I'm doing that thing. Yeah. Then he puts his arm. He puts his arm around her. <laughs> Ooh. She's like, I-, I was married. Uh, I-, I was married to. You mind if I sit over here? Uh, I was married to Linda Cooksey. No, why don't you sit over there? I prefer that. Huh? Oh. oh uh. Okay. Sorry. Oh, uh, no, no, just so I can see. I don't have to turn my neck. Oh, sure, sure. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't mean to. Uh... No, no. That's fine. Margie, an excellent character, but played miraculously by Frances McDormand. I mean, I can't even. She's so great of, like, a Midwest woman. Like, you wouldn't, like, to listen to Frances McDormand just, you know, Francis McDormand interviews and stuff like that. And then to watch her as Margie, it's just, it's so different and it's amazing. And like, she even nailed like the facial expressions, like as she's talking that are like all like the Midwest. I mean, obviously I don't know anybody from North Dakota. I mean, that's not obvious. I guess I could have known somebody from North Dakota, but I don't. So I've never met a North Dakota Ian to really know if that's the way that they talk and use facial expressions, but I'm forever going to label everybody there as like, I'm going to think of them as Margie. Yeah. She, yeah, she definitely has like in that scene with Mike, uh, she goes from, yeah. Cause at first when it starts, like she, cause she wants to be there. Um, and you know, she's filling him out. She, you could, she could tell that she wants to be there and that this is, this is fine. This is, everything's going okay. And then, yeah, when he gets over there, it's a completely different change. Like your eyes go all big and then he starts crying and saying his wife died. Yes. <laughs> I'm so lonely. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, you're crying in this restaurant or in the rat. It's like (laughs) fucking (laughs) Razin. Oh, that's hilarious. And uh, that guy uh, who plays um, 
uh, Mike, Steve Park. I've seen him, I think, like one other thing, maybe. I mean, great one scene actor like that, like performance. That is so impeccable. So fucking funny and also tragic and pathetic. And you pity him at the same time. Uh And at the end, when he he says like, Oh, and then I saw you on the TV and uh, I remembered, you know, I always liked you. Well, I always liked you. I always liked you so much. So, Mike, uh, should we get together another time, you think? No. I, I, <laughs> He's so funny. Okay, bring it down. That is such a funny scene. That is such a funny scene. I have a question. I have. A, I do have a question for you, though. <clears throat> Would this be your favorite Francis McDormand role? No. No. What is? Oh, God. Well, like, There's at least, so many what are of her three that, that stand out. Seen. Oh my god, these are hard questions. These are hard questions. I will say because there's quite a few of her movies I actually have not seen. When like I go on her IMDb and you scroll, I'm like, yeah, there's. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. I haven't seen that movie or that movie. I actually think her best performance is Three Billboards Outside yes. Ebbing, Missouri. Yep, that's mine too. Hey. That is mine. She is so good in that movie. Do you want her to win the Oscar this year? For Nomadland, I that's a hard one. Now that's a really hard question for me. I for me it's easy. I don't think she deserves it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that she was great in it. I mean, but I don't know if she had I don't know if that's much of an Oscar performance though. Like I think she was absolutely great in it. She had her moments, but I don't know if that should win the Oscar. I'll tell you what shouldn't win the Oscar. The girl from Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. <laughs> I like how I like how you did that same thing last week with fucking <laughs> Rose when it's not even like on the table. <laughs> it's let's like just, fuck let's you, just man. Get, it's not even like a thing. Oh, let's just get, get that out. out of there. At least she has some subtlety to do when she's French Victoria is nothing. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, because she has like upcoming movies like The Tragedy of Macbeth, obviously, and The French Dispatch is supposed to finally come out. Hopefully, God, this I cannot year. wait. Once it gets pushed another year, we don't know. They probably will. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fret. I'm not gonna fret. And- I wish William H. Macy, uh, I mean, I don't watch Shameless, and hey, you know, good Oof. for you that you have a show, but I wish. The worst thing about people being on shows like that for so long is that they're not in movies, mm-hmm. and I wish I could see him in more movies. That is Just want to see more William H. Macy. That is true. That's very true. You know, I will say this, though. He's really good. Um, really good and shameless. Like, <clears throat> acting-wise, yes. I mean, he's still really good, but, like, it just the character of Frank Gallagher is just a great character. I have not seen. I have nothing else. Have you ever seen um, Mystery Men? I have not. Mystery Men is probably by far, oh, one of my favorite William H Macy roles <laughs> ever. And we haven't talked about it yet, but the scene with Gene, uh, the kidnapping scene. I love everything <laughs> about it. <laughs> oh my god, it is! It's so funny. It's such a great, great like executed scene but just the i love the fact that like she just watches carl walk up to the window 
and doesn't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, she's just like watching daytime TV, just doing crochet or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just notices him, like, ah, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> and then how Carl just like looking through with his like hands <laughs> off to his eyes on the glass is like, hmm, I don't see her. <laughs> uh, like right in front of her all, right in front of him all along. So you know, she was probably thinking like. I wonder what this is about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, is this Paul again playing pranks? Yeah, and then he takes the crowbar and just is like, uh, oh, yeah, because her mouth is just like open. It's just like, uh. (laughs) Yeah, but then he takes the crowbar and just smashes the sliding door. And um, then, yeah, it's. It's pretty wild. She just kind of like, Whoa, ah! <laughs> oh, yeah. and then she runs, and then there's Gare opening the front door, and it's like, oh shit, oh no, they're gonna get her. And, but but she bites, she, she bites back. She I meant does to say bite. fights back, but she bites <laughs> back when she, uh, but yeah, she goes upstairs, and then uh, Carl chases after her. But um, I like how Gare is just like, ah, my hand, <laughs> ow, <laughs> and then. She gets up to the, uh, she's kind of smart, actually. I mean, she gets into the bathroom, does lock the door, and gets the phone. But they do yank the phone. So, I mean, hey, at least you tried for it. But they were smarter that way. But then, so smart, the whole, I'm going to escape through the window, but Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm going to make it look like I escaped the window (laughs) and hide behind the shower curtains. I think that was a great idea, to be honest. It just didn't work out entirely well. Yeah, because Gary's <laughs> just like still there looking. I love how he knocks every single thing out of the medicine cabinet just to find ointment. Garrett, <laughs> Garrett is a beast, man. Like, he's just so brutal, like does not give half a shit about anything. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, you know, it's life. Yeah, and then she escapes, kind of. Uh, <laughs> she just I was runs. about to say, she doesn't. <laughs> she she escapes the room with the shower curtain over her, and then she runs down the stairs, and she can't see. I mean, <laughs> she knocks herself out. And it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of sad, because it's like the little bit of hope she had is uh, gone because yeah. – uh, yeah, and that's funny. Bad luck, and that's funny. <laughs> that's yeah. comedy right there. <laughs> definitely, definitely a black comedy. Um, that is real comedy. Did yeah. we talk about her running? Like when she runs from Garrett and and Carl. Oh, doesn't she have like the high knees? She like like when she gets out of the truck and then just starts running and she doesn't oh, have anything. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she just has the bag over her head and then just Garrett's just, or, uh, yeah, um, uh, Carl. Carl's, Carl's just, just like dying laughing at, at her just being like tortured. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, ah, there's, you can't, there's nowhere to go and also you have a bag over your head, so good luck, <laughs> good luck, we got you. Yeah, that's ah uh, they yeah, and it's pretty funny too because how you know Jerry sets this whole thing up, and then Jerry uh, wants it canceled after he thinks the deal's gonna go through with um with uh, Wade, and then it doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> and 
Jerry gets the deal. He thinks with that's what I was trying to say. He gets the deal he thought with uh Wade when he's gonna give him the money for this uh lot. And then he gets there and he that's why he's like, Oh, well, we can cancel the deal with uh those two guys kidnapping my wife. Um, but I need to like get in contact with Chet. Um, Chet Proudfoot, and <laughs> he does. But yeah, he goes, and then Wade is like, "All right, so uh, what kind of finder's fee are you looking for?" Wade, what the heck are you talking about? Stan and I are okay. Yeah, we're good to load in. Yeah, but we never talked about your fee for bringing it to us. No, but Wade, see, I was bringing you this deal for you to loan me the money to put in. It's my deal here. See. Jerry, we thought you were bringing us an investment. Yeah, right. You're saying... What are you saying? You're saying we put in all the money and you collect when it pays off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pay you back the principal and, and interest. Heck, uh, I go uh, one of our prime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, you're like, we're not just going to give you $750,000 of our money, Jerry. Yeah, it's like, what the heck are you thinking? <laughs> if I'm getting bank interest, I'm on a complete security. Heck, FDIC. I don't see nothing like that here. It's like, yeah, but <laughs> it's just, uh, I guarantee This is your my money. deal. This is my <laughs> deal. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not it's not going hell. And I like when he uh, Wade's like, "Hey, if if you're not really interested, you know, I hope you don't mind that like we don't pass on the deal because we can do that independently." <laughs> yeah, it's like, no. I'd I'd be happily fine with not paying you a fucking finder's fee and just taking your deal. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember when I first saw this, I didn't understand what the hell any of that meant i was like what's going on i mean i was really young i still kind of understand some of it but i think I, I do get the gist of it though um but i thought that was funny and jerry has all these financial issues like we didn't mention yet but like the guy who's calling from a gmac who calls jerry at work and it, once again, he has that polite. I mean, this is the beginning, but once again, Jerry has that like, yo, yeah, everything's cool. Everything's, I'm really polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh, uh huh. And then he's like, ah, but it's, and then the guy on the phone, Riley's like, yeah, it's been pretty hard to get all of you. But, ah, we're, we're pretty darn busy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, it's like, I can't, I can't really, uh, Read the serial numbers on the vehicles that you said ex exist. Audit here. I just have to know that these vehicles you're financing with this money, that they really exist. Yeah, well, they exist, all right. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure they do. But I, I can't read the serial numbers here, so if you could read me some... Yeah, but, uh, see, um, I don't have them in front of me. Why don't I just fax you over a copy? No, no, well, no fax is no good. That's what I have, and I, I can't read the darn yeah. thing. Okay, I'll, I'll have my girl send you a copy then. Okay, because if I can't correlate this note with the specific vehicles, then I gotta call back that money. Yeah, how much money was that? 320000 I have to correlate that money with the cars that's being lent on. Okay, no problem. I'll just fax. I mean, send it over. Uh, yep. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> I wonder if it's just North Dakota that uses the word serial numbers, but they're VIN numbers. Like. Oh, yeah. That is true. Oh, like yeah. That's what they numbers. are. They're VIN numbers. Yeah. But they say serial numbers. So I was. So I'm conflicted. <laughs> that is interesting. 
Maybe the Coleman brothers didn't know it for some reason. They're, somehow, no, they're they like, definitely knew about it. I brought, maybe it's just a North Dakota thing. I don't know. Or maybe at one point back, like I don't know, maybe back then they did say serial numbers and not VIN numbers. That's true. We are not uh, children of the eighties. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we are children of the ninth. Uh, two, ah, fuck, fuck that. My own joke. Never mind. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, I like. Uh, Later with the the scene, because I know some people say that the Mike Yamagita scene is useless and like the like the story of the movie it doesn't really do anything. But uh, I because I, I I read someone said something about this, but they thought in defense they thought well they that Marge in that after that scene. Because she runs into Mike and she thinks one thing about him that he's this nice person, blah 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 blah, and then figures out that or finds out later that you know he was lying about almost he's everything lying the he whole said. Time. <laughs> yeah, so because of that, she decides to take a second look at Jerry, and I mean because she already did and like she left really easily and quickly, so nothing. She you know probably didn't suspect anything, but because. For the they were arguing like because of that scene, she thought, okay, well maybe not everything is as it seems. Yeah, and then you know she goes there, pushes a little harder, (laughs) and all hell breaks loose. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Jerry, Jerry's definitely nervous because everything's going bad at this point. Like it is going terrible. Um, I don't know if this is the scene. Where like right before he gets a call from Riley again, be like, hey. We're going to need those numbers <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I think, yeah, he definitely has his father-in-law in his trunk at this point, too. <laughs> so that's not good. Um, yeah, but, like, she's pressuring him just a little bit. Actually, she's not even really pressuring him. just asking some questions. And mm-hmm. he's kind of being a little standoffish and rude. Well, I would know. I'm the executive sales manager. Yeah, but I understand. We run a pretty tight ship here. I know, but, well, how how do they establish that, sir? I mean, are the cars counted daily, or what kind of a routine here? Ma'am, I answered your question. I'm sorry, sir? Ma'am, I answered your question. I answered the darn... I'm cooperating here, and uh, there's no... uh... Let me find a lock count! I'll do a lock count. (laughs) I'll do a lock count right now, goddammit. Oh, yeah? Oh... Okay, yeah, 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 you want a lot count, I'll do a lot count. And then he gets in his car and just drives away, and she's so shocked, like, suspect fleeing the scene. The suspect fleeing the scene. (laughs) (laughs) I love how he just drives away. Like, I wonder if he, did he know that Margie wasn't going to notice? Like, did he actually think Margie wasn't going to notice? I mean, that's, like, the thing. Like, you give someone... A car off of your lot for this crime. That is the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> because eventually Buscemi changes the plates when he's in that garage, but mm. uh, parking structure, but like. Well, on top of it, yeah. technically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, too late now because they already <laughs> got the freaking. They got the make a mile of the car and. It was so easy to figure out with the phone calls. I mean, it seemed on the surface like he had this planned out. But like but like another movie uh, we'll be talking about next week, 
sometimes all the plans aren't going to work out. And, uh, and but most do. Or you're ch- well, it's kind of, but you are chasing your tail. And eventually, <laughs> he is, uh, um, Jerry is definitely chasing his tail because he's out of here. And then on her way back to Brainerd, um, or actually, I'll say that part for like in a second. Uh, because speaking of connections and bad ideas, we talked about him before for a second when she was talking to him. But uh, Chet Proudfoot, after he gets you know talking uh, talking to from Marge, he decides <laughs> to go and beat the shit mm. out of. Carl beat the ever living fuck out of Carl with a belt. Is <laughs> it first he like he just like comes in, he you know, burst open the door, throws her <laughs> off of him. Like, I love that part. Like, I love that part where he throws her off of them, and Carl is just like, "Hey, Shep, Shep, I was banging that girl. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> and then the neighbor comes, like, "Hey, man, what's up with all the commotion?" And then he beats that guy up too. <laughs> he just like hits him and he throws him at the door, and he's just kicking him like. Yo, this dude just asked what was going on, but he's in a rage. And I was like, no, not the not the black guy. He didn't do nothing to you. <laughs> he didn't do nothing to you, chat. And yeah, when when Bishomi gets his pants on and he like just is choking him like he's about to hang, uh because he's so strong. Yeah, it picks up Bishomi's small ass. You like, is he about to die? <laughs> like, I was like, okay, cool, he's not gonna commit murder. But yeah, he will beat the crap out of him. And Bishomi is pissed. <laughs> he goes to that phone, uh pay phone downstairs, and he's just like, Hey, that's it. I'm I want this money tonight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah, I want all the money. Okay, Jerry. I'm not going to debate, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the $80,000. But yeah, later, when, at the end, when Marge is going back to Brainerd, and then she's on the radio with one of the officers telling her about like yeah we have an apb out there now through the whole state for that car and and uh and she's like oh my god look it's the car it's my car (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah she goes up there and it's pretty funny how you know carl is just doing the most messy of disposing of a body body just putting it garrett it's Carl oh, sorry, in yeah. the disposal. <laughs> My bad, yeah, because Carl's already dead. Yeah, uh, Gary, yeah. <laughs> and a wood chipper. It's like, dude, you're putting evidence everywhere. <laughs> like, that is like the worst thing you could do. I mean, I guess it's snow and he's remote, quote unquote. So I thought, maybe thought, ah. I mean, also, maybe he's like, who cares? I'm just going to do this because it's dramatic instead of just burying someone in the snow or in the grounds. But I, yeah. I love how long he doesn't notice Margie. Like, he's just like, like, it's it, the, the camera's on him for like a solid minute of him just struggling with Carl's foot. And then he does like, he moves here, moves back, moves here, moves back. And Margie the whole time is just watching him. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's just she's like, "Freeze! Freeze! Put your hands up!" And eventually, yeah, he does notice, and then 
decides to run. Yeah, just, just <laughs> thank God, it. thank God, he didn't try to like you know kill her because I mean she has a gun, thankfully, but she is pregnant. Uh, so I was like, oh no, okay, cool, he's running away, and yeah, she gets him in the leg though. Took two shots, but she got him, and uh. When she approached him, Parmy thought they were going to wrestle, and then uh, she was going to lose her baby, or he's going to fall through the ice if that was a lake. Yeah, it was a lake. And thankfully, none of that happened, but she gets her guy, and I think this is definitely what they probably played for her Oscar clip, I assume. So that was Mrs. Lundegaard on the floor in there. I guess that was your accomplice in the wood chipper. And those three people in Brainerd. And for what? For a little bit of money. There's more to life than a little money, you know. Don't you know that? It really is like a beautiful summation of the movie because, yeah, and just life. I mean, hey, you, you kill all these people and you're killing for money, but you can't take it with you. And then you're spending your life if you get caught in prison or your life gets ended in prison <laughs> by the state or uh, someone with a shank. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do, you, what do you make of like, I mean, because we don't know because he doesn't speak, but what do you think? if anything is going through Gare's head when she's saying that, because he is, because, you know, sometimes he just kind of like stares, like when Buscemi comes back, mm-hmm. like bleeding, he looks at him for a second and then looks back at the TV. But like, and he is just looking off. And then eventually during the monologue, she, he does like look at her. So what do you, what do you think? I think in that moment, he's thinking about how bad he wants to kill her. I thought you were about to say pancakes. I <laughs> 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 use pancake house right now. Okay. I'm probably just thinking about pancakes. I think that's more accurate. Interesting. Yeah, I'd probably say, because I was looking to see if there was any remorse on his face, and I couldn't see remorse. Uh, maybe, like, or even looking for regret, like, damn it, I did that thing, and look, now I'm going maybe back to uh, prison Probably, you know, for life uh, <laughs> because he killed so many people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I agree with you and maybe some regret, but he seems to be a guy of pure instinct. Mm, I don't feel any regret in that motherfuckers at all in the entire movie. <laughs> I, I feel like in that moment, he is just like fuming on the inside, but can't do anything about it. <laughs> Because he does, like, run. That's why I was like, I mean, he doesn't just, like, turn, just, like, put his hands up. I mean, he does run, so I guess he, he thought he could escape. And he feels pain because he got bit and shot. So he's not a Terminator. No. He is not by any means. Because, you know, if you really knew how to drive in a car chase, you wouldn't flip your fucking car over, you know? <laughs> it was icy. It was icy. <laughs> You try driving in Brainerd, 
Uh, high speed chase and Brainer tonight high on the five chase. o'clock news. <laughs> Marge and Norm are now in bed as normal, and then I guess uh, Norm got the twenty nine cent stamp. Uh, no, no, he got the three percent stamp, three cent stamp, and someone else got the twenty nine cent stamp. He's kind of sad about that, but then uh, being the greatest person she is, and the just a great wife. Uh, she just says, Hey, but, uh, people, you know, sometimes do need the smaller stamp. If they lose the big ones, they have a lot of little ones. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love you, Margie. Yeah. Perfect couple. Perfect I love couple. you too. <laughs> I was like, man, I just want to be in there. I like the room. I just want to be there. Denny. <laughs> just wanna go in there like, hey guys. <laughs> it's like Danny, get out of here, you man or you oh, boy. I don't great. know what you are. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, that's one of the best references I've heard in a minute. That was very, <laughs> that was very well done. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and uh, John, do you have any final thoughts on Fergo? Uh, I guess my final thoughts would be that. I love the movie. Um, I love the Coen brothers now and all their work now that I've got to see it all. And it's just incredible, honestly. Like, this movie is such a good blend. The Coen brothers, I like to call them the blenders. The blenders of cinema. Because they blend it so perfectly that the comedy, it's so dark. And also the, like, anxiety also in such a dull little town of North Dakota. And... Roger Deakins, probably the only person who could ever make Brainerd look beautiful. Like, the score is great as well. It's it's overall an awesome crafted movie, and I'm glad we got to talk about it today. I almost said a different movie. <laughs> I think that Fargo is a movie that grew, well, well I guess it's just, it grows uh, on me each time I watch it. And yeah, I really think it is, like you said, they are really good blenders. Um, I think it's very difficult to blend, uh, the comedy and drama in a way that doesn't overtake each other and knowing when to go more with the other. Um, I think Taika Waititi and like Jojo Rabbit, different yeah. subject matter completely, but I think mm-hmm. that was a movie. Some or people didn't like Lanthimos. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. He's he a really good blender. Strangest movies you'll see, but yeah, it's just like, is this funny or is this dramatic? I don't know sometimes, but I like whatever is going on in this tone. Um, yeah, because I think, like we kind of said before, like you know, this movie's pretty just straight funny, and then I think when we get to the scene when uh, Gare just like executes those people on the road, cop included. I mean, the killings are just so cold and brutal and quick. And I think that's when it be kind of becomes more serious because, you know, people are dying. This isn't just like a kidnapping thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think all the performances are great. I think, like you said, the cinematography is great. And, you know, Fargo, I can't believe that I love this movie because I didn't before, but I do now. And that It's like the Princess Bride. That is, I, mm, 
I would okay. I really, I, I really like the Princess Bride. I don't know if I love it. I would. Mm-hmm. I was. I thought you were gonna say Titanic. Now that shit was <laughs> a big jump too. I was like, oh, this movie sucks. So, holy Christ, this movie's amazing. So um, fucking good. <laughs> but those are our thoughts on Fargo. And if you want to stick around, we have to. Give you a little tease for next week's episode. Don't know why I'm doing this voice, but uh, yeah. Has nothing to do with Russians. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> Russians live here. Uh, but yeah, so next week's movie, uh, the lead of next week's movie was in the franchise in the late 2000s, early 2010s. And this franchise... Maybe isn't the greatest. Um, but in the 2010s, they definitely were able to reinvigorate and uh, reinvent their whole persona and their acting career. And now they are one of the best actors, considered one of the best actors we have today. And I'm so happy we could talk about that person and that movie. And sadly, not the movie that those people made afterwards, which I would say actually is a little bit Bullshit, better. Bullshit, dude. Uh, that's <laughs> only your opinion. Everybody else agrees. But yeah, that's the tease for next week's episode. So, uh, John, where can the people follow you? You can follow me at JohnnyOctagon99 on Letterboxd. And you can follow me on Letterboxd as well, at Indigo45. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Daigle McLeod. And you can follow the show at Can't John Rapod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can like our Facebook page. Leave us a review on Apple. Five stars. Rate it. Review it. Third R word. Rerun it. Um, like yeah. it. <laughs> love it. And gotta have it. I think you say lick it. I don't know. Uh, if you want to lick your phone, that's up to you. There's poo on it. Look it up. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we will see you next week. And have a good one. Good one.